I was coaching collegiately. And every so often we'd have these meetings, right? And I'd choose a topic and like talk about something that was important for performance. And I remember thinking like, oh man, I just gave this great speech, right? And you feel good about it because you like conveyed this information and told people what to do and told them why it mattered. And you just talked and talked and talked and you feel good. But then you look around and you can tell that no one grasped, no one caught on to it. No one like was taking it in. And there were so many instances of that. And then I also remember, you know, when I was a position of being coached, There were so many instances where you're sitting there and you're like, I'm listening, I'm trying to take this in, but nothing is, it's not having the impact that it desires. And I realized in one of these moments, I'm like, oh, that's me when I'm standing there in front of my team. Welcome to the Growth Equation Podcast. I'm Steve Magnus, joined as always by my good friend and colleague, Brad Stolberg. Brad, what's going on, my man? Not so much today, Steve. I'm looking forward to talking about coaching because it's something that we both do and we both care deeply about and we spend a lot of time thinking about. Uh, So yeah, let's dive in pretty swiftly today. But before we do that, quick reminder that This show is ad-free, sponsorship-free, which means that it is 100% independent and supported by you all. And the two ways to support our show are to check out and read or listen to our books, The Practice of Groundedness by yours truly, Do Hard Things by Steve, and to sign up for our Patreon community at www.patreon.com backslash the growth equation where for as little, actually, it's now less than the price of even just a tall Starbucks latte, you get access to a monthly book club where we have live chats, guides to resilience and sustainable peak performance, advanced copies, signed copies of our latest books. We've got one coming out this fall and all sorts of other great stuff. So head on over to Patreon and sign up there. All right, let's get into today's topic, which is coaching. And as you mentioned, this is something that both of us do and have done for a while. Me first in an athletic sense and then moving more towards, yes, athletes, but also performance holistically. And then you more so um, initially in kind of a consulting role going way back, but now in terms of performance holistically with executives, entrepreneurs, et cetera, doctors, physicians, et cetera. And I think what would be really meaningful in this conversation is maybe starting, and I'm going to ask you this, Brad, starting with what people get wrong with coaching. So I don't know what people get wrong with coaching. I know what I get wrong with coaching. And what I tend to get wrong most is over-intervening, meaning trying to do things and trying to change behaviors and beliefs, trying to make those things happen instead of just letting them happen. And I think in an acute session, this can come up 
with me feeling the need to talk because I feel like I'm not adding value. And when in fact, what I actually need to do is just be there and listen and maybe just ask a few questions and that's plenty. One of my most common experiences coaching entrepreneurs, executives, physicians is to have a series of sessions where I step back and I wonder what they're even paying me for. It's like, what am I doing for this person? But then they give me the feedback that the coaching has been so helpful and so valuable and they wouldn't know what to do without it. Which is a really interesting paradox because it's like the times when I feel like I'm providing the least value, I'm providing the most value. And I think that that is something that I continue to be aware of and to learn. And what this really comes down to is I think a lot of good coaching in any domain is about nailing the fundamentals and getting someone wax on, wax off consistent with the fundamentals and then just being with them as they walk their path over years and sometimes decades. And I think where people get off track is once the fundamentals are nailed, they try to do more. And it doesn't just have to be fads. It can just be switching things or trying things that are interesting. When my main heuristic for performance in just about anything is 95% of programs out there are garbage. They're kabuki made by people that don't know what they're doing that are looking to make a dollar. And then the 5% of remaining programs, they all work equally as well. You just have to pick one and stick to it. And I think the job of a coach is to help someone stick to it. So there's a time and a place for walking ahead of someone on their path. But I think you actually spend most of the time walking with someone on their path. Yeah, you know, when I first came to this realization, I remember it pretty clearly. I was coaching collegiately. And every so often we'd have these meetings, right? And I'd choose a topic and like talk about something that was important for performance. And I remember thinking like, oh man, I just gave this great speech, right? And you feel good about it because you like conveyed this information and told people what to do and told them why it mattered. And you just talked and talked and talked and you feel good. But then you look around and you can tell that no one, like no one grasped, no one caught on to it. No one like was taking it in. And there were so many instances of that. And then I also remember, you know, when I was in a position of being coached, like either as an athlete way go- going way back or more so in meetings and organizations I was part of, there were so many instances where you're sitting there and you're like, I'm listening, I'm trying to take this in, but nothing is, it's not having the impact that it desires but you look up at the person coaching or talking or giving the speech and they're enthusiastic and like you can tell they think they did a great job and i realized in one of these moments i'm like oh that's me when i'm standing there in front of my team and i quickly at that point like switch gears change and be, and switch to you know what i can't force anyone to have this stuff i can't like make things happen I have to shift the environment, maybe manipulate the constraints a little bit, and then like nudge a little bit in some areas and provide the information. But it has to be the athlete or the person you're working with that like 
decides to walk through that door or like has that, you know, epiphany. If I, in, in the other part of this is like, if I just told someone, Hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z to get better. More often than not, what would occur is they wouldn't follow through with it. If I kind of led, guided, nudged, whatever have you towards maybe that decision, but they came to it on their own sense, then it's more likely that that stuck not only for days and weeks, but months and years down the line. So I think it really is like your job. I almost encapsulate or look at my job as a coach is I'm just like the person trying to nudge along and guide slightly to make sure we're still walking on the path. But the individual is like, they're the one, you know, leading the way. I'm just along for the ride, trying to help be a guide. So I think that what a lot of this comes down to is just the role of being there with someone as they figure it out and figuring it out together versus like the more didactic approach or the more teaching approach. And I think there's a big difference between teaching and coaching. And and maybe that's a part of it is um, teaching is like often just helping somebody understand information and have words that they can name feelings and things that they intuit and give them language for it. Whereas coaching is a lot more taking those concepts and then like applying them. And application is really messy. And I think that the more that you intervene in a complex, messy, such, excuse me, more that you tongue twister, the more that you intervene in a complex, messy situation, the more likely you are to actually cause some kind of unintended consequences. It likens back to what Stu McMillan, our good friend and phenomenal coach, said a, a couple of months back on this podcast that human performance is such a complex system and it has all these component parts, which then have all those component parts. So community, physiology, psychology, social environment, life stressors, work stressors, all these different things. And they all interact. And if you really try to over-intervene on any one of those, you get unintended consequences in the system somewhere else. So I really just come back to like nailing the fundamentals and then being very adaptable as you go within the framework of the fundamentals. So like with my clients, to be really clear, what are those fundamentals? They're really simple. It's sleep and rest, nutrition, some sort of movement practice, community, and feeling like there's some boundaries between different types of work that they might do. So between like deep focus work and managing and then between work and other parts of their life. And as long as people are good enough on those fundamentals, then I don't have like a magic coaching formula. Issues come up and we address issues and we fall off the path and we suffer on those fundamentals and then we get back on the path. Uh, and it's really that simple, which is kind of hilarious, right? Because like there's all these complex programs for this, that, and the other, but I, I just think that people tend to over-engineer in a very righteous effort to fix a problem, but they often make that problem worse. You know, it's the we used to call this in athletics like the disease of overcoaching, which is often like when you're young, like you have this this almost like internal need or ego that tells you like 
do something, say something, right? Because it it feels really weird standing on the side of the track and watching someone work out or do a do something that you said and not giving a command, right? It's and it's the same in other sports. You go watch, I don't know, you go watch your little league sport or your high school, you know, sport. And and often sometimes you see coaches just yelling stuff to yell stuff. And what is that? But like that's satisfying that that need to to say something because we need to feel like we're productive, right? Or that we're helping in some way. And I I was always struck by a lesson that I Gosh, I heard way back in grad school and it was by a really good basketball coach. And he said, essentially, like early on, I overcoached because I thought that's what was needed. If you looked at my playbook, it was, you know, long. If you looked at my philosophy, it was long. Like everything was, you know, a hundred plus pages of stuff that I'd hand my assistant coach and say, like, learn this. This is my system. And then they realized over time, no, it was about cutting and cutting and cutting and simplifying things to the core of what worked. And now this coach, again, I don't know, it was like 25 years later, highly successful, said like, you know, my playbook, you know, my system was 150 pages when I started. Now it's like 15 pages or 20 pages, like something relatively like this is all that that matters. And I think that's what you're getting out there is that, you know, over time, hopefully with some wisdom, you you cut the like nonsense BS that might sound or look good on the outside, but like doesn't really make an impact. And just that notion of really being there for someone and providing um, stability and providing a cushion when the person falls and then also providing a little bit of gravity when that person succeeds and having that that stabilizing role over the course of someone's path or the course of someone's career i think is also really beneficial i think a big part of a coach's job is having a little bit more objective view on someone's situation and being able to take a long view and helping someone discern if they're getting caught up in acute waves versus if there's actually like a there there. So I need to change this or I need to change that or I need to transition this job or switch how I work with so-and-so. And I think a coach can help say, well, you know, last month you were actually feeling really good. So maybe this is just something acute that feels like it's more lasting, but it's not versus, hey, this has been a pattern for the last year, year and a half. Like there's really a there there and we need to dive deep. Because when you're in the midst of something that you care a lot about, time often collapses on itself, and we often mistake what we're feeling acutely for like this all-encompassing thing. And I think a coach can really help uh, tease those two those two timescales out, and then encourage someone to be patient if it is in reality more acute than that person's perceiving it. Or the flip side is encourage action if it's actually a long-standing issue. Right. I mean, that's kind of how I saw, uh, always have seen my job as a coach is like to encourage patience when the, the tendency is to rush and then encourage perspective when the tendency is to like narrow. And, and I think that often like 
you know, so often as I reflect in my coaching career, especially athletically, so many of the quote unquote breakthroughs or the things that resonated were just like pulling people back to get them to see the big picture <laughs> um, or pulling people back and like just sitting there and not even like me saying, hey, see the big picture, but just sitting in my office and listening to them for 45 minutes where I say like five words and then them walking out and be like, oh man, I feel so much better. Like I get it now. And it was just them kind of talking through things in a safe and secure environment where like they weren't being judged and they were just trying to like navigate this difficult thing that they were wrestling with who they didn't have other people that they could like wrestle with it with. So, so much of it is like that perspective and that patience of just like being there so that they can kind of wrestle with it themselves. So in the spirit of keeping things really simple, um, let's not overanalyze this. I, I want to just end with, uh, uh, what's the right word for this? A parallel, I guess. And it's something that we've talked about a little bit before, but the mid-1950s, I think, 1960s, psychoanalyst D.W. Winnicott's theory on the good enough parent. And Winnicott said that the helicopter parent that intervenes and that tries to micromanage their child's life ends up with pretty bad outcomes for that child. And the negligent parent, the parent that just checks out, also ends up with pretty bad outcomes for that child. But the best parents are what he called good enough. And the job of a good enough parent is to create a space for the child to unfold on their own. And then when the child veers out of that space, to just gently nudge them back in. And otherwise, to really show restraint. So if a child might be in that space doing something with the parents, like, I don't know, but a part of being a good parent is letting the kid figure it out for themselves. But the minute that that child puts themselves in a situation that they might not be able to recover from, or where the cost of a mistake is too high, they help push them back into that space. And I think so much of coaching is defining that space. So in my framework, that's like nailing the fundamentals. That's the space. And once you start messing with that or you're struggling to do that, I do need to intervene and, and sometimes heavy-handedly to get you back into that space. But once you're in the space, I'm just there with you to problem solve. But ultimately, you're going to figure it out. And if I can ask some good questions and help you, that's great. Uh, and I think that's really what good coaching is. Regardless if you're coaching executives or athletes or physicians, it's defining the space that you think is going to give the person the best chance of unfolding and accomplishing their goals, keeping them in that space. But then as long as they're in there, not over-engineering and, and not micromanaging their process. I think you're spot on. And I think actually, I mean, I know we talked about teachers doing different things, but I think that's what really good teachers do as well. I remember there was a wonderful paper that showed that when teachers intervened too early, kids didn't learn, right? But when they allowed them to struggle a little bit appropriately, kids learned. And if they allowed them to struggle too much without intervention, kids gave up. So again, it's like... It's like that that middle ground of like knowing when to step in and when not to. And I think your paradigm is, is spot on as it starts with defining it and then just really paying attention and being aware and reading the feedback that that kind of tells you of like, oh, is this a, 
this a point where I can nudge and step in? Or is this a point I should just kind of sit on the sidelines and, and wait and see how things unfold? Love it. All right. So there we have it. Um, coaching, beware of complexity is the receiver of coaching and, and is the coach. Define what the, the good enough space is. Define the boundaries for the person that you're working with that give them the best chance of unfolding in the way that they want to to achieve their goals. And when they cross those boundaries, that's the time to really intervene and push them back in. But so long as they're in the the safe circle or whatever you want to call it, your job is just to be there with them and, and to help them have perspective, as Steve said, and to go to go slow when they might want to go fast. Uh, and every once in a while, maybe to help someone go fast when they're going too slow. But it's really about walking the path with someone, not necessarily leading them down the path because... Um, you know, high-performing humans are pretty intuitive machines, and we tend to figure things out really well on our own when we have uh, when we have someone walking with us and just a little bit of help. So that's our episode on coaching. Uh, again, we tried to keep this one short and simple in the spirit of the the message that we're trying to communicate. If you like the show, please uh, rate and review it on Spotify or Apple, and pass it along to your friends, your family, your colleagues. Uh, we're just here to try to have interesting conversations on topics related to sustainable excellence and peak performance. And um, the more people that come along for the ride and speak this language and share these ideas, the better. So share the show and uh, we appreciate you. We'll catch you next week. 